I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers is talking, but and I've got my opinion on it. Jonas has his, but you know what we've got? We've got the Vegas odds. Will he be back in Green Bay? We'll tell you the numbers. LeBron plays his first game in Cleveland in over two years, puts up 46. Now is the co-favorite with Luka to be the MVP. Super Bowl market update. Line is still Kansas City minus three, favored by three, but the total has gone down. Open 57, now down to 56. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live on a Tuesday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Steve Fezzik with a day off. He does not like to work five straight days. He takes off Tuesday. It gives me and Jonas a chance to really settle in one-on-one and dig a little deeper. And I can tell you a little tease here. I disagree with his Aaron Rodgers take. It should be fun. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've still got reactions from the weekend and conference championship Sunday. We've got quarterback drama shaping up around the NFL. What is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? I tell you, we're going to be every day till the Super Bowl. We'll be breaking down the game and also giving you a market update and getting into props, too. But I think the Aaron Rodgers talk, you know, How coincidentally the conversation has moved away from losing another game. Hmm, maybe Aaron Rodgers is smart. I think we start there. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers, who had some interesting comments after the game about his future and sort of leaving the door open a little bit as to the possibility of maybe finishing his career elsewhere. He tried to clarify those comments, as Dan Byer mentioned in the Top of the Hour update on the Pat McAfee show, but still saying the same thing and getting the same messaging across. I expect to be back with the Green Bay Packers, but anything's possible in this business. Okay, so that's what I disagree with. So let's start there. It felt like today's comments walked back the general tenor of the game day, post-game comments. If I would just give my take on them, it was post-game. It was like, hmm, who knows? And there's more doubt than maybe we had expressed or talked about before, where it felt like that if I was just, if I knew nothing about the situation, if I didn't know who Aaron Rodgers was, and I heard him talking about the uncertainty, I'd say, wow, 50-50 at best, he's back. It felt like today he was saying, yeah, obviously I'm likely to be back, but you never know. A, you know, the sky could fall. 
did did it not feel like a walk back to you? Uh, I don't know that it was a total walk back. I, I think he still is leaving the door open and, you know, being honest about this is a business and it does feel like there's a little bit of he's still a little bothered by the Jordan Love draft pick. And that's why I think a lot of this is being sparked up again. Where do you well, first off, do you on a scale of one to ten with five being average, how much of an Aaron Rodgers fan are you? Of his talent as yeah, a just football overall, player? overall. Oh, a, a nine, eight or nine. That's right, so fantastic. Right, so would there's nothing about him personally, or not even personally, because we don't know him personally, but his personality that he puts out there. You know, some people just like certain people, don't like others. He's on the light. You like him. Yeah, I I like him, but I do acknowledge he's a, a pretty arrogant guy. Okay, and yeah. that doesn't bother you, apparently. No, I mean, you work I, with I, me. I mean, I, I, mean, <laughs> I, mean <laughs> I, I I don't know I don't know him personally, so I, I don't I I don't you know take yeah, any of that but, stuff personally. But you know but. you know how it is. Yeah. is it's like you see someone and you, like. I'm not a huge fan of him as a broadcaster, but Ryan Clark, I was a huge. I mean, I'm not. I don't have a problem with him as you know, just not my style. But as a Steeler, I loved Ryan Clark. I, I don't think I ever heard him speak, but on the you know up to that point, but on the field, I just loved the way he played. Right? Ike Taylor loved the way he's played. So to some degree, when you don't hear them talk a lot, an athlete, you can say. Hey, this is a guy doesn't love the limelight. He'd rather play. You know, there's different things we get hits from. Right? We don't really know these people, and the real question is, who do we really know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Some of us are struggling to know ourselves, and you know, I don't want to talk about Fez when he's not here, but I mean, the reality is <laughs> that we do get hits and off of people. And to me, I think Aaron Rodgers tends to rub some people the wrong way, but not you. I don't take it personal, but I know exactly what people see when they get bothered by his comments. You know, I heard someone, I can't remember who it was, talking today about they, you know, in the media, and they said they saw Aaron Rodgers after they had lost the Seattle game, right, the conference championship that was a real tough loss, and it was at the Pro Bowl, and they said, um, you know, how long does it take you to get over something like that? He goes, oh, I'm already over it. And to me, you talk to the guys, and again, maybe this is just a big fantasy on my part, but you talk to the guys, you know, there's a famous Woody Hayes story. It was like 1980. He was, you know, he was uh, older and, you know, slipping, and they had a big night for him in Columbus. And he was up at the stage, and he was accepting an award or whatever, and Bo Schembechler was there, and, you know, a lot of his old assistants and everything, and... At one point during his remarks, he says, best team we ever had was in 69. He goes, Bo, you're never going to have a big win like that again. He's like all upset about that game <laughs> like a dozen plus years later at his like career retrospective. And I think that you hear about that a lot. A guy that still hasn't gotten over a certain result. And I mean, heck, Andy Reid after the game was talking about a game in the Big 12, uh, five downs in Colorado. Remember, <laughs> did you hear that? No, I, I, but I, I think I know exactly what game he's talking about. And, and it's like, to me, I think that that's a guy that's living it. Maybe it's not healthy for him, just like Ollie and Frazier, you know, Thrill and Manila wasn't healthy for them. But boy, as a, a viewer, I want them to care a lot. Aaron Rodgers just feels like he's thinking, you know, I'm a millionaire. I'm good looking. 
I am one of the great quarterbacks ever. Doesn't, you know, win, lose, I'm, I'm fine. And to me, it makes the fans say, well, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not this. I'm not that. Winning matters to me. And you know why you're a millionaire? Because of winning, because of the chance to win. So maybe care about as much as the fans do. And I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm saying he puts off an air that he doesn't. Wouldn't you agree? No, I I totally agree. I still think that there's a large majority. I I think there's a large percentage of people in Green Bay that still prefer Brett Favre over Aaron Rodgers. Just just his personality. Uh, The the different ends of the spectrum, right? Brett Favre always felt, you know, he had the genes. and, And again, we don't know how much of any of it's a put on. But what we know is we do get impressions. And I do feel like football is a sport that if you're too, you know, the whole relaxed thing, it's like, to me, that that was never, he didn't win the Super Bowl that year either. I mean, it's like, I look at Brady and that's the last thing I think of is relax. Yeah. Right. I'm thinking he's he's at a wedding trying to get Wes Welker out in the parking lot to, to practice. I mean, that's you know another story. So in general, you're less less critical, I think, than most of Aaron Rodgers. So let's be clear. The people that worship talent love him. I mean, the the, the film guys in the NFL, they will say almost to a man, he's he can make throws no one else can make. He, he, his physical tools are unmatched. Yeah. Maybe Mahomes has changed that, and I think he has. But before Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, doesn't matter who it was, no one had the same physical tools as Aaron Rodgers. And that can be something that causes the guys who grade those tools to, to love you. I think it actually hurts with fans. Because I think fans can't relate to that. They think to themselves, if I had those tools, I wouldn't let anything stand. Now, that might be all BS. They don't know what they would do. They don't know what kind of you know life Aaron Rodgers has had, good or bad. But they know that they it feels a lot better than what they got. And I, I think that's part of the cool, too, is he's so talented. And he's, the only thing thing it seems to be missing is the want to. And obviously he wants to at a high level. The question is, is it less than Brady? Is it less than whoever? And I think by that grade, if you're a Packer fan especially, he falls short. Yeah, and I think that if you look at – and somebody was doing a comparison to this. If you were to actually to take his career and compare it to the career of Brett Favre, how eerily similar they are. Just if you look at the Super Bowl, you know, the disappointment in big games. Uh, we talked yesterday about his win-loss record in the playoffs over the last 15 or 16 games. Um, I, I Talent-wise, he's unbelievable. All that stuff about the arrogance and sort of him rubbing people the wrong way – it doesn't bother me personally because I don't let it bother me, but I do 100% understand what people are talking to uh, talking about. And even the biggest Aaron Rodgers fans, you have to acknowledge, the guy does give off an air of arrogance a little bit from time to time. We're straight out of Vegas. That's Jonas Knox. I'm the arrogant one, R.J. Bell. Now, <laughs> <laughs> you had a good idea, Jonas. Let's look at his ATS against the spread record in the playoffs. McKenzie, pregame.com, research on it. Surprising, perhaps, overall in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers against the spread, 12 wins, 7 losses, 1 push. 12-7-1, mighty good, mighty good. Only 11-9 and nine straight up, so better against the spread 
than straight up. Now, I said, let's look after the Super Bowl because let's be honest, when you win that first one, if you are a little lackadaisical, if you are one to get distracted, it's easier, right? You got got a ring. Eight, six, and one since. So not quite as good, but good. Seven and eight straight up since the Super Bowl win. So in a way, it kind of helps the Rodgers sign, but maybe not. Because if you're winning and exceeding expectations more than you'd expect, aligned, let's say, with your talent, then why only one Super Bowl trip? What is it about the one and four in the conference finals? I think ultimately that debate is going to have the analytics crowd on one side saying there is no clutch and it's all just a million repetitions, but we're not able to have a million of them and if Aaron Rodgers had more than five if he had 5,000 we would see he's better than Brady that's that crowd and then there's the meathead crowd Barney at the bar that's saying count the rings (laughs) and then there's me in the middle saying I think the numbers matter but I also think there's things that the numbers don't yet measure maybe one day Terminator style they will remember Terminator would look left look right the calculations would be there and he'd decide what to do. We'll probably head into that direction where anything can be assessed with math. We're just probably not going to happen in our lifetime. I don't know about football, but I know so far we don't understand everything about the game with just numbers. And I think there's something with uh, Brady, a Montana. Maybe it's self-fulfilling prophecy. Maybe just because they won, we think that. But boy, oh boy. A guy like Brady, who there's no way you could look at his physical tools. Because just look at the regular season. That's a representation of the physical tools. He's amongst the best ever. I would make the case Peyton Manning was better than Tom Brady statistically in the regular season. Yeah. But not even close postseason. One guy has double the wins as anyone else. Is that just a fluke? Because some people would say it's just a mathematical fluke. I don't think so. Where do you fall in the spectrum between the analytics and the Barney at the bar? I think it's you can't dismiss anything, but I, you know, I'm more of the I'm not as big into the analytics as everybody else is. I wonder this though, in talking about this, feels like sort of a a shift in how we view Aaron Rodgers based on what happened Sunday, losing to Tom Brady, uh, losing at home, one in four in conference championship games. What sort of grouping of quarterbacks would you put Rodgers in historically? Because if we all acknowledge now he's not in Brady's group, what group is he in? Because, I, I mean, if you were to ask me right now, I think Peyton Manning's had a better career than Aaron Rodgers has. And I wonder if he's not closer to a Drew Brees than he is to a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning at this point based on, on what we've just mentioned in his run in the postseason. Well, what we know is the all-decade team came out recently and – the debate was Breeze or Rodgers as the number two behind Brady, and Rodgers got that one. Um, personally, I would take Breeze's career in a millisecond. Uh, I mean, if you just look at aggregation yeah. of stats, you know, he's got the one Super Bowl, so they're equal there. It just feels like Breeze. And again, it's back to this idea of, you know, Jeff George is the prototype of this from the prior generation. Jeff George had the best arm. It was like he had all the tools. Yeah. And obviously Marinovich, 
is is a, a failure version of this. But there's a lot of quarterbacks that fail. Why is Marinovich someone I still know his name? I haven't thought of that name probably in five years. It's because, hey, Sports Illustrated, robo quarterback. But it was also the guy felt like he should he should have made it. And he didn't. And the question is why. And I think Rodgers will actually fare poorly historically if he, you know, let's looking at today. Right? I don't know what happens in the future. And the reason being, I don't think the love of the film guys is going to last. If anything, it's going to be an indictment. Right. So if, if like some the kid isn't born yet, let's say, looks at it 20, 30 years from now. And he looks back and he says, all right, one Super Bowl. Let's assume he stops here. One trip. Yeah. And at this point, who knows how many quarterbacks will have more yards? Because I don't think we're going in the reverse direction with passing. So if you look at the quarterback list, you got guys that you can't even fathom should be on the top 20 yardage wise. But they are, you know, a Matt Stafford, a, I don't know where he is exactly, but when those guys get done, their stats are going to be stunningly good. Yeah. They're going to be better than Joe Namath. And to me, what will Rodgers have at that point? I can remember my dad telling me about Johnny Unitas. And him, and but he, the way that he would tell me about Johnny Unitas is, you should have seen him play. You should have seen this guy play. But if you look at the stats, he's not. You know, I mean, all these guys are going to blow past him. But it was more of the storytelling. You had to be there to see it. And maybe Rogers is going to fall into the you had to be there category to see it to tell his story better because the numbers aren't going to be there. Now, my dad said that. Well, there was two guys my dad talked about. Unitas, but mostly Jim Brown. It was like, oh, Jim Brown, what a man. And it's kind of funny because, you know, I think Brown retired like in 69. So I was 10 and 80. So it's like it was just a decade ago. And I was like, what are you talking? It's like it's like Barry Sanders is double that far back for, you know, a a 15 year old today. But as you get older, you forget that. Right. And as you're a kid, you think the old guys are, are crazy. But I will say this, Jonas, and I'm interested in your take. Back then, there wasn't film, right? I mean, there's film, but you didn't have access to it, right? You might get lucky on a Saturday afternoon and there'd be an NFL films at 3.30, right? You see the TV guide. And I'm talking about my era. Pre-YouTube, that was it. And then ESPN would start running them, but boy, it was hard. Especially at the time, it was like there wasn't YouTube. You're talking about with your dad. I think now there's a whole different culture that will only know a player from his highlight reel. So in a way, the Instagram plays that Aaron Rodgers makes where he does have those amazing throws and such, maybe that makes him into like a George Gervin type that didn't win a ton, but he had style and a lot of skill because I think those kind of players last like a John Stockton doesn't seem to have the staying power of a guy who he probably overperformed, but that guy had more highlight-worthy plays. What do you think? Yeah, and I also – another guy my brothers always tell me about is Bernard King. They tell me about how great Bernard King was. And the injury with him, especially. Yeah, and and the injury. But that's another one of those – You know, I I, I never think about Bernard King when I think about one of the all-time great players, but because they were there and they got to see it, uh, it was a a pretty big deal for them in in sharing the message. Uh, By the way, RJ, uh, here on Straight Out of Vegas, we do have some breaking news uh, from Dan Beyer. 
Breaking news from Fox Sports. Guys, just in, the Baseball Hall of Fame will not have any new players for the 2021 class to be enshrined. Kurt Schilling was the closest, coming up 16 votes short. He received 71.1% of the votes. You need 75 to get in. Barry Bonds, 61.8%. Roger Clemens received 61.6%. But no new players will be added to the Baseball Hall of Fame in balloting done by the Baseball Writers Association of America for the class of 2021. Live radio, you got to love it. Well, I tell you, Jonas, we got, I mean, we weren't lacking (laughs) topics, but I think we take our first break. And when we come back, I think the, the shilling thing is so interesting because we always debate what do you include for the Hall of Fame and the external stuff, steroids or whatever is one thing, political stuff, Huh. Fascinating. I think we get to that when we get back. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the word. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into the latest breaking news on the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, we got some stats to back it up. You know, first, I think quickly to recap the Aaron Rodgers stuff, it felt like to me a backtrack. It feels like a money play, right, is he had a hell of a year. No doubt, MVP most likely. So Rodgers is figuring, why not get an extra year on the contract? Why not maybe try to marginalize Love as his backup? And who knows, but it feels like, you know, why press this point? Or maybe it's a distraction from the loss. But either way, it did feel like a little bit of a backtrack. And I think it's reasonable to debate his place in history. The math of it, though, the odds, I guess... He'll be back in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers right now is minus 500 to be back in Green Bay. So you got to bet $5 to win a dollar if you think he'll be back. That's the big, big favor. Great day to join us. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you for the support. We're going to keep going through the Super Bowl and beyond. And your support means a ton to us. Thank you. Thank you. Right now on the Strip. It's a special expanded weather report, Jonas. Snow in Vegas last night. (laughs) Like the first time in years, it's 43 degrees and the neon is sludgy. And RJ, we are straight out of Vegas, live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you could save a bundle on your auto insurance. So the breaking news that just came out a short time ago, no player elected to be enshrined into the class of 2021 in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling came up 16 votes short, so nobody going into the hall this year, RJ. Okay, first off, and I want to get your opinion. I love, love, love that there's a zero. Nobody. You know why? Colin said it, I think, better than anyone last week. He said, the Hall of Fame is not defined by the top tier. It's defined by the bottom tier. Who's in and who's not? Who's the best person players not in? 
because when you hear about guys that are really good and aren't in, it's say, wow, that's an exclusive club. There's nothing worse, in my opinion, than a Hall of Fame where someone says, ah, really? Because then, and I think the NBA Hall of Fame is probably like this, um, you know, Jordan, Magic, Burr, and then when you hear, and again, I can't even, I wouldn't want to name someone in particular, but it feels like the exclusivity of the Hall of Fame for baseball is its number one selling point. What do you think? Yeah, no, it, it, you feel like it's a special class. And, and when you get in there and you have somebody get in in any sport and they're scratching the head like, oh, really, they got in? You know, it kind of it kind of adds a little bit of a – it tarnishes it a little bit, I guess you would say. It's almost like the Pro Bowl versus the All-Pro. All-Pro yes. is a very respected thing. There's only one quarterback or however it works. Like, I think Brady's only got five. and But the Pro Bowl, you know, you got Andy Dalton with multiple appearances. It does tarnish it. Yeah. Now, question to you. Kurt Schilling, if his politics were not in, for those that are unawares, he was, um, he's expressed himself, I think, pretty readily as a conservative, as a Republican. And he said some stuff that's controversial. And ultimately, I think was either, I know he was suspended, ultimately, I think, fired by ESPN. Do you recall that, Jonas? Yeah, I think he got fired for, he had like an Instagram post or a Twitter post or something like that. I don't remember specifically, but I think he was fired. But politically controversial. Yes, yes. Do you feel like that if he weren't, would he be in? Yeah. Yeah, I think he'd be in. So you think that there's a contingent of voters that are saying, I don't agree with his politics, and I, thus he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, I now, think so. what, I personally, I don't care where you're at politically, I object to that. I, I do too. I mean, it feels like we can debate steroids or not, though. To me, if you have a problem with it as the you know the commissioner of the league, then you should do something about it. Go in and change the record book. Go in and, and strike out those seasons. I mean, the NCAA does that. Right. The NCAA will say, oh, so, you know, USC didn't win that title or so and so didn't win the Heisman. And I don't love that, but I like it better than the alternative. Right. The alternative is, in theory, you make a mockery of the record book. And we talked about it in, you know, maybe ironically with, you know, the death of Hank Aaron is how Barry Bonds and we'll say alleged cheating is something that has, you know, in a way, tarnished the record book. And I don't know how you would go about it, but it seems to me you offer the players a deal. If you offer mobsters deals, right, to to turn states' evidence, I think that steroids abusers maybe could get a deal. And you say you come in, you pass a lie detector test on when you cheated, we are going to strike those stats... And everything else stays. So I know a lie detector is imperfect, but it's pretty darn good. The FBI uses it on their own agents. You know, when there's, and so does the CIA, is my understanding. So think about that, Jonas. I've never heard that proposed, but let's say Bonds from this year to this year was doing it. A Rod would, and if you don't wanna come in, that's fine. Then, then you're still gonna have the sting. And if anything, it's gonna make those who don't come in look even worse. 
right? If an A-Rod didn't come in, and we're just speculating here, now you think, well, he must have cheated a lot of years, right? Another guy comes in, gets two years strong. Because I think Barry Bonds makes it without the steroid years. I if do, you, too. Yeah. But wouldn't that be sweet to clean the record books like that? Uh, yeah, and I, I hope they put it on television. I mean, so we can, <laughs> so we can watch them. I mean, if we're going to do this, let's make it an event. You know, especially during the off season. I mean, I'd be all up for that. <laughs> if it's a if there's a stray Sunday without a big game, no. But honestly, what's the downside? Well, I th- I for, I don't think the players would go for it. Um, and and I don't think the Players Association, although those guys are retired, I think there would be conversations with the MLBPA saying, no, 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 don't even go down that road. It's a slippery slope because they're not 100% accurate. They're 99% accurate. But remember now, the only time like we could set it up in a way where let's think about this. If they admit it's not saying we're going to ask them about every year. We're going to let them say, here's the years I didn't cheat. So now they don't even get asked about the, or I'm sorry, here's the years I did cheat, or I did use performance-enhancing drugs. So those years aren't even discussed. Now what they would do is just go through the other years. Now, if it did go positive, you know, let's say a lie detector said they're lying about that certain year, yeah, we can debate that. But, boy, it feels like, and, and listen, not that this is a literature class, but one of the greatest books, famous books written in the history of civilization is Crime and Punishment. Dostoevsky, the Russian writer. Great book. All right? it, there is this crushing desire to get it off your back. You know, in a way, a lot of people that commit crimes, they return to the scene of the crime because in a way they want to get caught, in a way they want to be punished, and they want to get past it. And... If you're Barry Bonds or just person X that's in the middle of this, if you could say, not even have to say it, not be on TV with it, but it comes out in the USA Today is, okay, these four years are eliminated. Otherwise, he's clean. Pass confirms it. You know, his, his readjusted records are. And thank you for clearing it up. Because like, baseball can take culpability, too. In a way, they winked at this. But if everyone does that, it gets this horrible time. If anything, it will make it kind of smart that they did it. Because if you could, you know, we often say if you get caught and it still seems like it was smart to cheat, like for Houston, they got caught and it still seems like it was a good move, then maybe we're not disincentivizing cheating all that much, but at least it puts us all behind us. And then Hank Aaron's still number one, likely. And Roger Maris is likely number one. I mean, if we don't do it soon, there's going to be people dying from that era. If they haven't already, I can't think of. So, yeah. Well, no, and I was going to say, if, if we're doing lie detector tests, I think we should also, you know, give the voters who voted against Kurt Schilling lie detector tests and ask them, <laughs> was it because of his politics? Because I, lo- I, I would love to know the answer to that. Most, that's of them the would case, admit, most of them would admit it, I think. Oh, man, that. And you I mean, how, how does oh. Ty Cobb get in? If we're <laughs> if we're judging people based off their character, and 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 you're you're eliminating Kurt Schilling because of his politics, Ty Cobb, who reportedly 
is a murderer, was a racist uh, during his career. Like, well, I didn't hear well about known. the murder. When did he murder somebody? Oh, yeah, that's that's been out there for a, a while, that Ty Cobb bragged about beating a guy to death, and then uh, they uh, did a, that, more research. That's manslaughter, not I murder. Mean, okay. <laughs> Come on, Jonas. <laughs> but that's a guy, not the greatest reputation in the world, and he got in with 98% of the vote his first time out. So it just, I don't know. You know, being the hit leader, I mean, the only way not to get in if you're the hit leader is if you're a gambler. If you bet (laughs) on it, you know, hit leader doesn't matter. If you're the hit leader and you manslaughter, it's okay. You know, (laughs) Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Let's take our final break, and when we come back, We have the three last pitchers to make the Hall of Fame. We're going to compare their stats versus Schilling. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. RJ Bell, we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And, and RJ, we've been discussing the breaking news that took place a short time ago here on the show. Nobody getting into this year's Baseball Hall of Fame. The class of 2021 is 0.0, RJ. <laughs> Kurt Schilling coming up 16 votes short. And the question is, one, how much are the political opinions of Schilling a part of that decision making. So let's look at the numbers. Schilling has more wins than the most recent entrant, Roy Halladay, as a pitcher. And I think this is the key stat. Well, there's two of them. He has more postseason wins than the last three entrants. Roy Halladay, Mike Mussina, Randy Johnson. And he has a better whip which is an advanced analytics involving hits and walks per innings pitched. Better, you know, really a very respected stat. Better than Roy Halladay, better than Mike Messina, better than Randy Johnson for Kurt Schilling. Um, now, other stats, you know, he has less wins than Messina than Johnson. I think Johnson was one of the dominant pitchers of the era yeah but Musina and Halliday both of those you could say were close calls they go in I, I can't remember what their vote counts were and Schilling and uh, McKenzie in research made a point during the break he said that on the herd they were discussing uh, you know the Hall of Fame and, and the criteria and Joy made an interesting point that, you know, baseball, like all sports, loves narratives. They love the iconic moments and the bloody sock and, and, and uh, that win of the Red Sox over the Yankees and him being so instrumental, Schilling. Boy, that feels like something that even if it, if it weren't for external forces would have pushed him over the top, even if he didn't make it otherwise. But all that gets wiped away if there's a political difference. 
And I don't care which side. I, I know that in the past, Ali got persecuted in a way because of political differences. And you could make the case Jim Brown did. But I, you know, I don't want to sound like a fortune cookie, but two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. And it seems like to me that it, one, baseball or any league has to really define what the voting criteria is, which they refuse to do that. And if you want to say politics is involved, I'm not sure how you implement that. Now, I do get the last point, Jonas. I'll let you have the final word on this. I do get the point. If you want to frame Schilling's positions as somehow abominable and that somehow he's a a Nazi or a fascist, then you're going to say, do we want a Nazi in the Hall of Fame? No, of course we don't. I just think you got to be extra careful with those kind of characterizations because throughout history, whenever there's been a majority and a minority political party or p- political position, there's usually a demonizing of the other position. And to me, I know it's effective and I'm not even sitting in judgment of is it true or not. I don't it didn't seem like Nazi or fascist is the right word, but it seems like that we're treading dangerous territory if we're going to assess things that aren't clearly like that, like that, because we know the people in power tend to do that throughout history. Thoughts, Jones? Well, and uh, Kurt Schilling uh, responded. He actually sent in a letter sent to the Hall of Fame. This, according to Bob Nightingale, who's been covering Major League Baseball for a long time. Uh, quote, I will not participate in the final year of voting. I'm requesting to be removed from the ballot. I'll defer to the Veterans Committee and men whose opinions actually matter and who are in a position to actually judge a player. End quote. That from Kurt Schilling. Wow. Emotional reaction. Now, if I were his PR agent, I would have said this is the worst thing to do because, I mean, think about it. A couple months before, all the way up, a lot of, lot of face-to-face interviews, if you want, if he did want to backtrack politically. Um, I get it, though, because let's be candid, is to be a level athlete that's even considered for the hall – it's it's got it's a passion it's a life passion and then to be judged because to make the hall is the I mean think of Chris Carter and yeah. it's, it's such the ultimate thing and it and anytime it's done for a reason other than legitimate I do think it's lamentable I don't know if he should be in but I know we shouldn't be judging based on politics. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast, as always, on FoxSportsRadio.com. As we look into Aaron Rodgers' messaging and also the breaking news out of the Baseball Hall of Fame, we are straight out of Vegas, back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio, and as always, on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! 